Countdown for blast off. X minus five, four, three, two, X minus one, fire. Another episode of the Forgot My Dice podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Edwards, and with me, of course, the gaming multiverse to my cross genre licensed intellectual property, Mr. Robert Lundgren. How you doing? Hello, hello. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. As always, before we get started, a big old thank you to our patrons over at Patreon. You guys are helping us keep the lights on and making questionable life choices about what we watch. I had no questionable choices, man. I watched everything that was fantastic. <laughs> So speak for yourself. However, Jonathan, happy National Gumdrop Day. Ooh, I don't mind a good gumdrop. Yeah, observe the day after Valentine's Day. February 15th, National Gumdrop Day recognizes a favorite candy of many, the gumdrop. And uh, yeah, the day is all just eat some gumdrops, put them on cookies, do whatever you want to do with them. And use that hashtag, National Gumdrop Day. I can get behind that. I can absolutely get behind that. I don't think I've had a gumdrop in like, I couldn't tell you how long, years. Like My, like my only problem years. with gumdrops is, you know, they get really gooey in between your teeth and it's really hard to get all the little bits and pieces from in between your teeth. And then I'm just convinced that my teeth are going to shatter into a thousand pieces and that freaks me out because dentist stuff freaks me out. <laughs> I just realized why I haven't had a gumdrop. This is why I haven't had a gumdrop. Okay. Oh my God. Tell me that this does not involve you losing a tooth because no, freak no, out. no, no, no. Okay, so um, children like candy. Dad likes candy. Dad realizes that he shouldn't be giving candy to himself or the children. So dad only typically gets candy that he doesn't want to share with people that I given I don't really like it. But uh, my kids hate gummy candies. And so um, I never I didn't go with gumdrops. I went with Sour Patch Kids because that was like a guaranteed they wouldn't eat it. So like <laughs> a large part of my candy consumption since Eowyn was born has been uh, has been Sour Patch Kids. And then all of a sudden the kids like gummy candy out of like nowhere. Like, you know, like like they used to not like fruit snacks. It was like, oh, it's chewy. Oh, man, I love a good fruit snack. Who doesn't love a good fruit snack? I know they're good. They're good. So anyway, yes. That's why I, I I should go buy some gumdrops. It's been a long time. A long. Give long it a shot. Time. Just, you know, make sure you got a toothpick. Get, get your teeth clean. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Don't mm-hmm. want the rot. All right. Well, let's move on. Um, hey, before we get started, uh, who knows if he's actually listening or not, but I just wanted to give a quick shout out to uh, Jamie over at the Secret Cabal podcast. Posted recently that he is uh, fighting cancer. And let me be the first to say, having had family members go through it, f- cancer. You're going to beat this thing and just hang in there. We love you. Uh, you do good things and you're not done yet. So just kick cancer's ass and come back to us. Here, here. I don't know what to say to that. Yeah. I mean, what else can you say, right? It, it is what it is, but it's it's totally, totally beatable in this day and age. So my heart goes out to him. My heart goes out to his wife uh, and all his friends and everybody over the podcast. I, I know that's, that's a tough thing to go through. And uh, yeah, I mean, having been through it with family members, like I said, um, yeah, you uh, any all the support and all the love go out to you. Uh, we've got a little business to take care of. Uh, I I think I got everything. Uh, Ray 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 has some stuff he he shared with us. Uh, specifically, 
Uh, he's been painting up his My Little Scythe, which I can't remember if he posted pictures of it now. Now I want to go look. Ooh, yeah. Now I do, too. He did. Oh, they're adorable. Oh, look at those little foxes. Those little minis are so good in that. Yeah. Where, where is that? Uh, is that on the Discord? No. The, yeah, 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 it's on Discord. Discord. It's in right, min- miniatures. Paint an owl and a little fox. Which channel? Because we have so many. The miniatures. The topic we are talking about. Okay, that makes an odd bit of sense. I, I, all of the things that are on our script, sir, I gave it a channel so it could be split up <gasps> oh, appropriately. Look at that. They did come out really, really good. Right? Oh, look at the eye work he did. That Those look phenomenal. I know. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Somebody's got a steady hand. I know. I know. It's funny, Ray. It's funny. Uh, <laughs> you, you came to me as a student. Now you are the master. That's, that's yeah. good work. Yeah. Meanwhile, if I were to try that, it'd look like it was in a uh, 7.8 Richter earthquake. I seriously doubt that. Oh, man. I, I can't. Like, th- that is some exact work. Look at the edges of the eyes. Ray, did you use a Sharpie? Because I would have used a Sharpie. That's how I would have cheated on that. Hey, is it, it's not cheating if it makes it look good. I know, but... Those look amazing. People used to get all, like, frou-frou with me because I would occasionally use a Sharpie. You know what? <laughs> Hell with them. Hell with them, I say. Uh, he also... Uh, we were talking about Stephen King stuff, and he was kind of curious about the book that the Shawshank Redemption and stuff was in. And I oh, said, yeah. oh, it's totally Four Past Midnight. It's not Four Past Midnight. It's uh, a different book that I forgot the it's title of. Redemption of something or other. I can't. Well, yeah, Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Rita Redemption. Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank. Yeah, but it's, it's a novella in another book. Like, yeah, Stephen King has like a couple of books with novellas in them, and I, I gave him the wrong one. But he bought it on audio, and he actually said he's enjoying it. He's uh, listening to Four Past Midnight, which has The Langoliers, Secret Window, Secret Garden, The Library Policeman, and The Sun Dog. And so, yeah. Oh, the Langoliers. You're not running. You're scary. <laughs> I just watched that not too not too long ago on, uh, I don't know, some streaming service. And man, Does it's it hold terrible. up better? Because like Balky. No. It, oh, that, my God. It's somehow worse. OK, because Balky and it was really distracting. And I, I don't like it when people get typecast, but it was really hard not to think of him as Balky. No, that. no, I wasn't thinking of him as Balky. I was thinking about why he even had a job. Uh, harsh wow yeah, well, it was that kind of bad it was that hey, kind hey of jonathan bad. can i could you tell me what you really think of his acting <laughs> i mean kind of rather shave my legs with a cheese grater than watch that movie again it was that kind of good you shave your legs not until now but i'd rather do that than force be forced to watch through it again uh, uh, you know what you know what uh sometimes i i, I take a, i don't shave it because I get ingrown hairs, quite frankly. But when beach season hits, like my leg hair picks up sand like a mofo. Like, like. Oh I, I yeah, I know home. what you mean. I know what you yeah, mean. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I do actually trim the leg hair <laughs> to, to, to take less of the beach home and in the, the, you know, in the the wheel well of my car. Yeah. I bet yeah. I. Nobody knew that about me. I, I get. Th- there you go. I don't know what to say about that, but yeah. I don't know that there's anything to say about it other than I've been there. I understand what you're saying. It's a pain in the ass. And I, too, suffer from the thick, luxurious coat of leg hair. Mm-hmm. But I take, my, I take care of mine. I condition it, you know, give it a little bit yeah, of love, no, I, keep yeah, it nice but, and soft. Yeah, no, I just hit it with the uh, the beard trimmer, man. Just just get it down to just a couple of millimeters. It's nice. Oh, man, I'd burn out an electric motor if I wouldn't mind. <laughs> nice. Be better off with a weed whacker. 
he he also watched the Wheel of Time, and man, I still it, haven't gotten to, through that. I just oh, I haven't. I can't. Oh, it's he, not he, good. He gave it a real bad review. Oh God! Speaking of cheese graters on the soul, it's not great. I mean, they really botched the living daylights out of it. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what else to say. Like it's just it, like I've I keep going back and trying to power through the season, and I I, I can't. It's not watchable. Oh, and he's reading Cytonic, the third book in Brandon Sanderson's Skyward Trilogy, which I haven't. I've been on a horror kick of late, so I I, I have no idea what that is. I'll have to check that out. I'm getting near the end of uh, both of the series that I've been actively reading the last couple of years, so I'm going to need something new soon. Now accepting applications for, for new series of books to read. Speaking of reading, Jonathan, let's, why don't we start there? Why don't we move on to our, our stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to get us started? Yeah, yeah, I have a lot. I've been reading. I've been reading. Uh, tell you what, let's uh, let's plow through my my Dracula stuff, and then I'll do the other, <laughs> and and you can go in between. Fair. Yeah. So is Dracula's child like? Is there a waterfall involved? Don't oh man, that is the crossover like band. I I didn't know I needed man like a Dracula. Uh, you didn't like, know you needed it, but you, yeah, but you do now. Yeah, like do now. Like Morticia Adams, the band, uh, singing pop. That'd be, there's something there, Jonathan. There's something there. You filed that one away. There, there, there's money in that idea. Uh, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I have read no less right now than two. Which, well, I've read You know, I screwed three. it up, though. I just realized it. That's TLC that does the waterfalls. Damn it. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah it's like That's, uh, oh, I screwed that yeah. up so bad that just clicked. Oh, it was such a uh, good joke, too. I know. And you know what? Your shame will live on in the podcast because I needed that out. No, nah, you shouldn't because I need to own that. <laughs> I messed that up bad. It's fair. It's fair. Wow. Oh. I, 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 I missed it. Too. I, you know what? No, I just trusted and accepted what you said was the truth. I will but not you should that never do that. That's, yeah. It's fair to say that that was a mistake tactically on your part. Okay, okay. So anyway, I'm on a Dracula kick. I've been reading sequels to Dracula. Dracula's Child and uh, Dracula hey, hey Robert, the un- hey the Undead by Frida Warrington. What? Do they suck? Uh, no. They weren't okay. good, though. Good. They, oh, they so, weren't good. Well, okay, so then they're living up a little bit. They're living okay, up to okay, the so, name. So, okay, so the problem with uh, Dracula's Child is uh, the plot of that book. <laughs> now I can't not think of a girl group. <laughs> If it happened in real life, like Dracula the, the pl- and, and two of the other, and two of the other, uh, the, you know, uh, girl vampires from uh, from the original book, just kind of like doing doing dance moves up on the no, stage. No, no, no. It's it's got to be Morticia Adams and the lady from Plan Nine from. Oh, I anyway. will allow it. Yes, yes. And, and maybe you're on, and maybe now Lily you're Munster. Something. Maybe Lily Munster. Would that be a, a third? I'd, the third? Yeah, I'd allow it. I'd allow that. Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, basically that plot line, if it happened in, if it, see, part of what made Dracula scary was like, it could have happened because it was like, you know, threaded through like real stuff. But like the, the plot of that one, like there's bombings and, you know, basically Dracula wins at the end of it and they barely like get him ousted from control of England. And it's like, that would have ended up. Was there an announcer voice? Dracula wins. That there should have been. Round two fight. So then I moved on to Dracula, the undead, which is the third book I've read with that exact title uh, by Frida Warrington. Was, and I was, was he what? loving it? Was that the name of the Mel Brooks movie? Dracula, undead, 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 and, undead, undead and loving it? I think so. Yeah. 
No, there's a, there's a re- that's actually a very clever title, all things considered. Anyway, <laughs> of course it's clever. It's Mel Brooks, man. Would you expect anything less? Do you really want me to explain to you why it's clever? Do we, do you want to go down that hole, or can I just move on? No, I'm being le- I'm being legitimate. Like Mel Brooks is a smart guy. I I know he's a smart guy. That that's because the original title of the book before it got changed to Dracula was The Undead. So there you go. Anyway, uh, Dracula, The Undead, uh, third book I've read with that title, and, and uh, it's it. it's the best one of the sequels I've read. Um, because the plot's a little bit more self-contained and small. So if, if it ha- it could have happened in real life because, you know, like there wasn't like terrorism and, you know, vampires taking over England. Uh, but a, like a lot of modern media, it just kind of fell apart in the third act, you know? Like, yeah, really that's, good. that's, that's a, that's like a, a legitimate problem that it, it seems to be linked to something about our society. Like they just can't nail the third act anymore. I know. I know. It's weird. It's weird. It's a shame too. It was, it was going, it was going really good up until then. And having read now several sequels to Dracula, I think I figured out what the weak link is in all of the sequels of Dracula. Uh, Dracula shouldn't be in them because <laughs> he's the part that gets effed up. You know, like there needs to be a plot that somehow involves the Harkers because it always involves the Harkers but doesn't involve Dracula. And I don't know how you do that and make it interesting, <laughs> but that's the problem. I've got this, I've got this really weird Dukes of Hazard crossover in my head now. No, them Harker boys. <laughs> <laughs> but a very common motif is that Quincy Harker uh, has two dads. Cause, uh, you know, he's got the Dracula mojo and Jonathan's mojo in him. So, and Mina's. So he has three parents. It's modern family stuff. I don't know. I got nothing, but I don't know. There's something there, but they, uh, yeah, Dracula is always the weak link in them. And then right now I'm reading a new one called the Dracula archive, which I got sent to me from the lovely Seattle library via the intralibrary transfer system. God bless the library system. Oh, wait, 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 wait. You got it from the Seattle library. Yeah. You can request books from other libraries. If you're, oh, your I had no idea. Have... Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting one from uh, South Carolina if they send it. But yeah, yeah, I found out about another Dracula. It's actually a prequel. Uh, it's about Van Helsing and, and how come he'd learned all the vampire stuff. Uh, so I will see how that goes. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a thing. You can order books from other libraries, sir. It's pretty Dude, cool. Dude, that's like revolutionary. I've done it before. I've done it before. It's pretty rad. This is madness. <laughs> anyway, uh, Dracula, uh, the Dracula archive is pretty good so far because it's not a prequel or it's not a sequel. It's a sidequel. It's, it's happening. I know it ends right around the same time that the original book ends and it starts before it. So it's like this side story that's going on during the events of Dracula, I guess. So, but thus far it's been interesting. So I, I'll give it that. They, they brought up Elizabeth Bathroy and all that kind of stuff. It's been fun. So at any point does Dracula say, say my name, say my name. Say my if name, say my name. No one is around I, you. I don't know the rest of the words. That's say, fine. baby, I love you. Mm, I love you, too. If you ain't running games. Oh, I could do this all day. Say I am my name, say game. my name. You're, you're, in, you're in the game that I'm running. Well, you acting kind of shady. Ain't calling me baby. Why the sudden change? Say my name, say my name. Well, I'm, I'm your game master. I have to be a little shady. Say, baby, I love you. Baby, I love you. Yeah, that's fair. I'm going to allow that. <laughs> 
All right, what have you been reading? Oddly, uh, you know, for whatever reason, say my name stuck in my head like I know all the lyrics to that song, and I never even particularly liked it, but for whatever reason, they are completely 1,000% jammed into my head. Please make (laughs) it stop. It happens. It happens. Uh, What have I been reading? I've been reading a lot. I've actually spent more time in books than I have in uh, other forms of media the past month, mostly because I was trapped in an airplane uh, for 10 hours. So, yeah, that's why we didn't have an episode two weeks ago. Yes, yes, it should be said. I spent some time with my father in San Diego, so we were not able to record a couple weeks ago. Apologies. That's on me. Uh, but, you know, when you got an 83-year-old that uh, lives alone 1,900 miles away from his support system and he's too stubborn to move out of it, not that I'm bitter at all, uh, you sometimes have to go out and take care of business. This is the first time you've been out there that I haven't sent you some sort of jack in it in San Diego joke. I mean, I think I, missed, I was kind of missing it. I, I I know. I realized it just now that I didn't do that. I, I I don't know. I mean, it's too late now, but in a couple months, you can try again. Be better, Robert. Be better. You sounded like walking right there. Be better, Robert. Be, Be better. better. Robert, <laughs> you can do it. I know it. Yeah. <laughs> your books are your books. It's time for Reading Corner with Chris. You're on the air. I'm on the air. I don't know where this is going anymore. <laughs> All right, reading. Um, I'm looking at your reading book. I have finished Fallout, which is Expeditionary Force Book 13 from Craig Allenson. Continuing to enjoy their adventures. I can see that they are trying to wrap things up. It's been a really good run, uh, but I'm definitely ready to move on to some new characters. But I'm going to see this sucker through. I'm seeing it through. How many more books are there? Two more. Two more. He's going to 15. 15 is the last one. The the next book comes this this July and then another one in December, and we are done. And then when I finished up with that, um, somebody handed me a copy of his first book, Aces. And so I read that. And uh, you can tell that he's changed a lot as an author. Like, he's he's gotten better. Um, not so much with plot. The, the plot of Ace is actually pretty simple. It's kind of like a space heist film. Or a space heist movie. A space heist book. God, I can't talk. No, like descriptions and stuff like that and dialogue just feels much more natural in the, the newer stuff. You can tell he's just gotten a lot more comfortable. It's kind of interesting to go back to one of the older works and, and see how he's changed as an author. Nice. And then I picked up, uh, because I've been overdue, because this came out in December, but I just had a couple of books ahead of it in the pile, uh, Leviathan Falls, which is the final book of the Expanse series, book nine. I'm really shocked about that. Really? Why? Uh, well, no, just that they ended it. Like, they were making all the money off the Expanse. And, hey, nine books is a good run, man. I Hit know, TV I know. show that's actually really well put together and dramatic. Yeah, I'm down. Like I, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe end it, it on your terms. Don't, 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 don't end it when you've you've held the note too long. I, may, I respect. Maybe that. it speaks to my cynical nature that I, I'm impressed that artists have integrity instead of just chasing the dollar. Yeah, no, they're doing a good job. I'm really, I, I'm about, I don't know, maybe an eighth of the way through the book, and um, I'm curious to see how they wrap up these lives because it's it's interesting. I've been with these same characters for nine books and a total of like. I think at this point it's at least 40 years and that's kind of like, that's a long time in, in a book. So it's, uh, it's neat. It's exciting. Yeah. So that's where we sit there. 
Um, that's my books. That's my books. All right, I got two more. I got two more. Oh, oh uh, wow, more? Yeah. So since we uh, we took that break, I, I realized I hadn't read like a role playing game in ages. So I reread my copy of the. Trin- oh, I got Trinity. a new role playing game in the mail the other day. Remind Ooh, me to tell what, you about. What, oh, what was that? Temples and Tombs, that Indiana Jones role playing game. Mm, nice, nice. Anyway, okay, so, so Trinity Continuum, uh, it's a good game, and I there's something in it that I wish somebody had figured out ages ago, but I really like it. Like, one of the conceits of the Trinity Continuum is they really lean into that word continuum, and so they, they like, back in the 90s, a lot of intellectual property worlds in the role-playing space, like, there was this real sense of there was like an official canon and an official world. And there was sort of this like sense that like you should do that. And I like the Trinity thing because they really lean into the whole idea that there's a multiverse and everybody's game is part of that multiverse. And so the multiverse can be different and that's fine. And then a lot of the uh, game mechanics for characters, uh, the reason that they're, they, the baseline characters that aren't like superheroes or whatever have like kind of special powers is that they, have the ability to sort of like, you know, grab bits of alternate timelines that are good for them and jam them into theirs. And so that's, that's, that's luck in that system is, is it's not luck. It's the, basically the supernatural ability to affect timelines. And I'm like, that's cute, but I don't know. I just, just going with the whole notion that, you know, there is a multiverse out there. I'm like, oh man, somebody should have come up with that years ago. It's, but it's a very like, you know, now thing with the Marvel movies and all that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I, I dug it. And then last but not least, Jonathan, I read Crash Override by Zoe Quinn. Okay. Zoe Quinn? Zoe Quinn. I think yeah. it's Zoe. I mean, Z-O-E. I, I don't know how she pronounces it, to be honest with you. No, she they. said Zoe. She said Zoe in an they. interview I saw. They. they. She, she's going oh. gender neutral. Okay. Or, that's, they're that's, going gender neutral these days. Okay. So uh, in the interview I saw with them, it was pronounced Zoe. So I think it's Zoe. Okay. There was no correction issued, so I'm going to stick with that. Okay, fair enough. It's rough, man. It's a rough read. It's a really rough read. And not because it's not very well written and very engaging. It's rough because, wow, like, the world needs to change. Yeah, no, I'd agree. When you see it all wrapped up like that and you realize how big of an explosion that had on the internet uh, when it occurred, like, you just realize how broken stuff is. It's like, be better world be better you're you're yeah. better than this yeah no i'd agree i'd agree yeah no i that, that all that stuff happened at a really really weird point in my life it, i don't know it was i was very enmeshed in the internet culture of the time and and like seeing that from the ground level it was like yeah 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 <laughs> like i saw all of that in bits and pieces everywhere it's uh and i it hasn't gotten any better the only reason i, I feel like it's gotten better is i've i've actively removed myself from that that culture yeah, I have too, and I, I guess I just figured the entire world would, but I, it's sad to say that it's still happening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Don't use Facebook. It's a disease. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of right on the edge of deactivating my account at any given moment. The problem is I still, it's the primary method of communication with a lot of family members. I, I Yeah, I know. It sucks. It's terrible, but you know. It's tough when a technology becomes that ubiquitous. It's... Uh, yeah. Yeah, and and it's it's run by people who just don't give enough, you know. Yeah. Cuz yeah. of the uh the light genocide that they've been involved in. <laughs> you know. Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I miss the I miss the great days of social media when Tom from MySpace was my buddy and like that was the whole thing is everybody's your buddy. Yeah. If and you want to know more, read about that. Facebook and Myanmar. 
There you go. I, yeah. I will leave it there. It's depressing. Yeah. And I don't want to go into it. It's we shouldn't. Positive podcast. Uh, needless to say, know know that there's a dark side to the internet. Hmm. All right. Well, rolling right along. Um. Oh, uh, it was good. I I had a good time reading it. I uh, it was like fifty percent like her life story, and then fifty percent kind of the uh, the Gamergate thing and the aftermath and what she's been doing since then. Sorry, what they've been doing since then. And uh, yeah, oh, it was uh, it, w- it was an it was an interesting portrait of a person's life and how they handled a really crappy situation with honestly with with grace and with fortitude. Like I, yeah, I, and I, I, I like, admire I like them that, for that that uh, they uh, they started off the uh, the Crash Override Foundation to like help people out who got online abused and all that. But um, it was really funny, like. Uh, the big secret that was in that book, I guess, spoiler alert, if you want to read it, is that uh, the social media companies and all that are complicit because they don't care. And I'm like, duh, <laughs> I, I I don't know, maybe because that book was written in 2017. So maybe that message has really, you know, cemented itself. And yeah. Was part, I, and I, I guess it has just based on the amount of time Zuckerberg has had to go testify in front of Congress these days and all that, you know, like, I don't know. I guess people are getting wise to that. Thank God. Thank God. Social media is awful. I mean, I'm on Twitter, and Twitter's awful too because Twitter incentivizes oh, you to have Twitter, really strong Reddit. opinions about nonsense. Yeah, it's 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 all become a real negative cesspool. There's there's no other way to put it. Yeah, and you could curate it to be better. Like I, I've been doing a lot of Reddit lately, but I, I, the stupid thing about the algorithm is like it wants to keep you engaged, and the best way to keep you engaged is to piss you off. And yeah, so and that's and what it tries it does to it do. It creates an echo chamber, and that's how extremism is born. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. That's how we end up with an ex- insurrection at the Capitol. Not that that's happened any time recently. Mm, uh, more truckers in Ottawa. All right. Well, moving right along. Positive yeah. podcast, Robert. Hey, 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 hey. Talking about the real world is not negative, sir. I know, I know, but it makes me feel not great. Well, maybe you should not feel great. Expletive, maybe you expletive. all should not feel great. Expletive, expletive, expletive. <laughs> anyway uh, alright let's go to RPGs we continue to play Dracula Dossier some nice black agents mm, so good yeah so I'm having good. a good time I'm having a good time yeah, yeah I hope we're giving you a run for your money I feel like no. we've, we've come up with some pretty crazy schemes it's part It's part of the thing man okay did it's I spend like- 20 minutes today this morning um researching the different types of motion sensors so that i could be a little more educated when i speak about motion sensors next maybe oh oh man i do that all the time i do that all the time <laughs> i think that's that's a really good sign of engagement when I'm, I'm spending my free time reading about motion sensor technology oh god my search history has to be flagged somewhere i'm i'm oh I, yeah like there's zero percent chance i know what you mean yeah yeah i'm researching re- really dark occult stuff because it, you know, it's in the book they say Dracula's a necromancer. So I'm like, what would a 15th century necromancer actually do? And and I read about it, and I'm like, okay, he's doing that because I'm going to be accurate, darn it. And it was an interesting topic, but yeah. And then like looking for mental hospitals in the United Kingdom, and um, what else have I done on my search history lately? Oh, oh, been looking up legends about uh, uh, witches and the occult significance of them in Sweden. Yeah, yeah. Like, I found out that whole weird demon subplot from Impossible Landscapes is real. Like, it, or real, air quotes. But it's based off of, like, actual occult stuff. Yeah, uh, and it, what's funny is how it was reused in a video game, too. Because uh, that demon was in um, 
Yeah, Barbus, the dude uh, from Barbus. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, what do you call it? It was like or Marbus, Marbus. Sorry, yeah. Marbus is the guy in Impossible Landscapes. Anyway, ba- go on. Well, and Barbus is the name of the demon in uh, Devil Devil May Cry too. The the remake, the mm, Team okay. Ninja one. Nice. Or not Team Ninja, Ninja Theory. Ninja Theory Nin- is the name. <laughs> of this too. Yeah. What I'm I'm actually having a lot of fun with and thinking far too hard about is we've been casting every all the the characters. That's been so much fun. Can I just say how much fun? <laughs> I love it when those texts come in, and I love that we will then spend forty minutes bouncing ideas back and forth until we find the right character actor. Yeah, yeah. So, and sometimes I consult you, and sometimes I keep it to myself because I want to have a good reveal. Like, uh, 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 what's her name? Rebecca Ferguson popped oh, up. Oh, that was good. That was good. Also, <laughs> still madly in love with her, but that's that's okay. Yeah, she's uh, she's playing a, a an owl witch. Like, She'll always I, I, be my lady, Jessica. <laughs> I've been calling her uh, I've been calling her the owl lady. But yeah, yeah, owls in Swedish uh, occult folklore uh, heavily tied to witches, and there's some dark stuff in, in Swedish things about owls of all things. So it was, that was a fun read. <laughs> she didn't tell you she didn't tell you her name, but she goes by the name of Ugla, which is a, a a witch in Swedish folklore. That will probably come up next week, I guess. Spoiler alert. All right. Well, shall we move on to? Um you want to do video games or board games or movies and TV? Uh, let's do video games because that'll be quick for me. All right. Tell us what games you've been playing. Uh, game. Well, I mean, I've been playing Animal Crossing and, and oh, I, I rented Hot Wheels actually from the library. The Hot oh, Wheels game. That's fun. I really like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. ended up I ended up buying that and I've I've given it so much time. Like it, it's it's a good Hot Wheels game. Yeah, it's 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 a goofy game. I like it. And the boys like watching it and they want me to use the goofy cars. And I like that like uh, player skins are a thing in that. Like I got the school bus and somebody yeah. did a skin of it to make it into the mystery machine. Yeah. And it's perfect. Yeah. It's great. No, it's I I that game there's way more going on there than than I ever thought was going to happen. I that's been the surprise of the year for me. It's perfect because like um you can make your own Hot Wheels tracks in that. Yeah. And, which is dope. And like and put them on the cloud, you know? And other people can race them on the on the interwebs, and it's really it's really clever. It reminds me when uh, games that do that, like they have a lot of longevity. And it was making me think like uh, I had an idea for Dragon Quest Builders three. Like they'll ever listen to my ideas, but I'll throw this one out there for free because I'd like to play it. Like they should totally do something like that for Dragon Quest Builders three, where you like like you can build a dungeon in that game and then throw it up on on the whatever, and then you know. It, it'll populate with like treasure or whatever, but yeah, you go through and you play these player made dungeons and, and, you know, like do like a raid, like with other people because dragon dragon quest three was the game that introduced uh player classes. Like you could pick classes for different characters in that. And so I was thinking like for builders three, there should be classes in it. Like there should be a warrior, basically like the core four warrior, rogue cleric and mage, and they all do something different, but then you can go raid and that would be fun. And you know, and then you got user built dungeons. It would be, it'd be great. It'd be something to do after the game's over. You can build a freaking dungeon and then like people could go through it and raid it and you can get currency and, sh- and stuff for it. It was, I, yeah, it's the I'd game play I that. Want. Yeah. It's the game I want. Be like Minecraft dungeons, but with dragon quest stuff, it'd be fun. Anyway. Yes. Hot wheels. Good times. And then, uh, the new expansion for city skylines came out the airport expansion and, uh, it's kind of a buggy mess, but I still love it because, <laughs> Yeah, it is. It is kind of a buggy mess. So basically, uh, there's there's basically like uh, in the sky, there's like a virtual air lane that goes through all of the maps and it goes from like north to south or east to west, whatever. I'm, I'm not sure what the direction is, but it just goes through the center. Right. And so if you like me have your uh, airport 
uh, runway pointed in a particular direction. Like sometimes the planes will just try to get to the shortest route to get up to that lane. And so like literally like they'll, when they take off, they'll just like completely go vertical and then just like go <laughs> <laughs> up towards that lane. And uh, yeah, yeah. It's, We're going to hit the brakes. He's going to fly right past us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious though. Cause you'll see the plane. It's like going down the runway, going down the runway, boink, like straight up in the air. <laughs> oh man. I actually had to redo my, my It's like airport. leaving Orange County Airport. Yeah, yeah, no joke. Oh God. That 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 I I love it, but I always, always am terrified I'm gonna get puked on by people that have never done it before. If you've never flown out of Orange County. John Wayne specifically. Yeah, John Wayne specifically, Santa Ana. The the rich folks that live at the end of the runway and knew that there was an airport there but still decided to buy there, then complained and, and got a bunch of laws passed about no, noise ordinance for the relief or for the aircraft that leave. And so this noise ordinance requires airlines to sit at the end of the runway, throttle up to 100% on their engines, pop the brakes so that they go shooting down the runway like, like they're, they're trying to replicate an aircraft carrier. They pop off the runway and then do a max power for what, what is it? It's like a 65, 75 degree climb. Yeah. Until they nuts. hit 2000 feet and then they cut the throttles and coast and you go zero G for a moment. It's insanity. Insanity. <laughs> All to make people that bought homes at the end of a runway and then complained about noise happy. It, it boggles my mind. And if you've never done it before, like I, I used to fly out of there all the time. I find it kind of fun, but I also know what's going on. I can also clearly see how that would be terrifying to people that have never flown before. <laughs> I remember once I, I went out of Santa Ana and this lady grabs my arm like halfway through the climb and she's just grabbing on me. Random stranger for dear life. And I, I'm, I'm, I look at her. I'm like, it's fine. It's fine. But the compartment or compartment syndrome I'm going to have on my crushed arm here is probably not fine. I might lose the arm. Yeah, it's a thing. All right, so what have you been playing? What have, what have been I been playing? Uh, not a ton on the video game front. Again, I've been traveling. Um, so if you're not aware, Horizon Zero Dawn's um, yeah, I need a sequel. I, I own comes that. I got out really cheap. I got well, real cheap. The sequel comes out in like. Two weeks, so I'm finally getting around to finishing it. I'm, I'm, I'm dedicated to it. I'm not playing anything else until I'm done with it. That is my my main focus, probably, hopefully, the, just this week. Then Resident Evil 7, um, I never got a chance to play it for whatever reason. I, I, I've owned it for quite some time. I got it super cheap, too. So I finally turned that on and started playing it. I, I got it for free when I bought a PlayStation 5. It was red. Yeah, there you go. I am interested enough to keep going, but not much has happened yet, but I also just started um, and I continue to play Halo, probably too much. And um, because I was traveling, I took a, one of my Switches with me, and we were playing a lot of Mario Kart 8. Well, by we, I mean me, because I was alone, which was really weird. I don't know why I said we. Uh, but yeah, I've been playing a lot of Mario Kart 8 on That's the Switch. Game. and I, yeah, a damn it's, good game. You know, it's not doing anything amazing or over the top. What it's doing is creating a fond memory and doing it at an expert level. And that's that's okay by me. Agreed. All right, moving on to movies and TV. I see you watched Free Jack. You know I watched Free Jack. I was texting you about oh it. Oh my god, what a hot mess, right? <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, I I don't know what to say about that movie. It's it was... it's spectacular. It's terrible. It's 
It's a car accident. I don't know how else to say. It very much falls into that. How did this get made? Vibe, right? Like, like that. That is that is evidence that people were still coming down off the cocaine highs of the eighties. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was such a strange. Place. All right. So I got an idea. <laughs> That's you know how this started. Apparently, it's based off of a book. So I don't know, man. Shut but, up! Don't tell me that. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh. oh hold on. Oh God. Okay. Free. Consulting Mr. Wikipedia. It's funny. Uh, Gina was talking about how we uh, how quickly we research things on the podcast, and it's like because we edit most of it out. <laughs> it's it's based on a book called Immortality Inc. Yep, by Robert Sheckley. Oh, I need this in my life. Oh, there it is. There it is. Ooh, huh, so- ooh. But there's another book called Immortality Inc. That's like a legitimate uh, uh, expose on. Silicon Valley. Hold on. Oh, we're 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 treading in we're treading in difficult territory here. What was the guy's name again? Robert what? Robert Sheckley. They have it at the library. It's oh, around. Amazon. No, you failed me. Oh. Yeah, they have the ebook at at, at the library, but not a physical copy. <gasps> oh, I might have to go to a bookstore. That's never a bad day. You're welcome. Oh, I need this in my life. All right. That's 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 my cross to bear. All right, moving right along. So, uh, let's see here. Free Jack, Free Jack, based on a book. Yeah, Free Jack. It's a uh, it's a hot mess. Did you enjoy it at least? Did you have mm-hmm. fun? Did you laugh? Mm-hmm. Did you throw up a little in your mouth? Because I did. <laughs> 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 moving right along. Uh, I'll go next. Oh my God! Wait a minute. No, we're going back to you. You watched the Peacemaker? I just yeah. I watched that a couple months ago. No, 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 this is the John Cena joint, the, the sequel to the, uh, Oh, okay, say nothing. I thought you meant it was that movie with George Clooney and Nicole Kidman. No, I, I, I did watch that last year, actually. Yeah, I did it. too, right? Like, it was, uh, it was on Amazon, I think. It was there for streaming, oh, uh, sorry. and I was like, it, it, oh, hey, I'll watch this. I apologize. It was called Peacemaker, not The Peacemaker. I, I will I will correct that. All right. Well, look, all I know is that I did watch the other Peacemaker, but I've not watched this other Peacemaker yet, and I need to, so no no more Takis. Oh, okay. Well, tell you what, tell you what. Well, I'll, I will do to you what you're going to do to me about Ghostbusters. I hear it's freaking hysterical. This is what I will say. Uh, I did not like The Suicide Squad because, to me, it didn't have any heart, and it was just a collection of skits. Uh, this uh, does not have that problem. It's It's got a lot of, you know, all right. it's got a lot of... Yeah, the characters are good, and and but it's got the James Gunn dialogue and ridiculousness. But you know, like I I really didn't like Peacemaker in the Suicide Squad. I don't I, think we I, were meant to. Yeah, but but he's really grown on me uh, in the course of the show. So it's it's pretty it's pretty cool. So yeah, I, I I'm enjoying it quite a bit. All right, let's see. So all right, I'll have go you seen have you seen the opening? Have you seen the opening? No, no, I have show. not. Oh, tell me nothing. Oh. Tell me nothing. No, it's, no, 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 it's, no, it's no, 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 no. No, 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 no. You got to see the, the, the opening isn't spoilers or anything. It's just, it's, it's like the, yeah, oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. We're watching for all the times that you've been, you've done this crap to me where you're like, I already this video. just Googled it. Opening credits, Peacemaker. It's on HBO yeah. Max. Yeah, yeah. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Quiet. Quiet. Tell oh, them when you we, play. We got some eighties hair metal. What is happening? <laughs> John Cena. <laughs> I am now your biggest fan because you have absolutely no qualms about doing what you're doing. Oh my god, this is like a whole choreographed thing. And Robert Patrick's in it? Yeah. He plays oh, now I really need to watch this. 
Oh my god, this this opening is amazing. <laughs> it's it's like a little bit of jazzercise, a whole lot of 80s hair metal and really well choreographed moves that are being done by obviously somebody who's not a professional dancer. And Robert Patrick's doing it too. He just did hip thrusts. Robert Patrick does hip thrusts. I like that they're all wearing their badges. <laughs> Oh, oh, there's a little bit of dirty dancing, and there's an eagle! There's an eagle! This is amazing! And they got the eagle to just stand there with his arms open. Okay, yeah, that's hot. That's that's next. That's getting bumped up on the list. Oh, it's really good. Right there. By the way, that is not an 80s hair metal. That that is not an 80s hair metal band. That is the band. That's what it sounds like. I have no idea. It's it's called Wigwam. It's a Norwegian glam metal band formed in 2001 during a glam metal resurgence in Europe. Might as well just have been Poison from the yeah. late 80s. Like, oh, you know, yeah. like, that, that had 1986, 87 written all over it. I could see the spandex in my mind. Never in real life, though. Nobody needs to see me in the spandex. Their, their slogan apparently is rock is the new schlugger. Schlugger? 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 Yeah, schlugger music. Yeah. Schlager. All right, I'm down. I'm down with that. <laughs> all right. Yeah, that got that just got bumped up the list. Yeah. Oh, no, it's really good. Uh, they're on episode six of eight, so it's not quite done yet. So, but it's got plenty to binge if yeah. you want to binge right now. Uh, I gotta, fi- I gotta finish. I gotta finish my first one, Book of Boba Fett. First, the last episode comes out on Wednesday. I still have not watched that. <laughs> you shut your mouth. Yeah. When you're talking to me, that's unacceptable, Robert. Book of Boba Fett is phenomenal, and it's only getting better as it goes. And I love what they're doing. And I'm in heaven, and Danny Trejo's in it, and like that's all I need in life. Do you want to hear? Do you want me to utter something that will make you hate me? <laughs> Positive podcast question mark. Gina and I have had the conversation of Are we over Star Wars? I'm muting you. <laughs> You're muted now in my heart. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, I oh god. Shh, I need you to stop now. I've been, it's, oh, dude. I, I watched Rise of Skywalker you. again, and it, it, like. No, no, just stop. Just stop. Yeah. Those are, those are getting, they're, they're getting retconned. They're getting retconned. They're, they're, Book of Boba's actively helping to retcon them. Just let it okay. go. It never okay. happened. It was a side story. It was a multiverse. A multiverse, I tell you. Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes I get a little, uh, I get a little hipster about stuff, and. and yeah, no. Yeah, just, just, I, just, I, I'm feeling hipster about Star Wars right now. You watch. No, no. You watch Mando, you watch Book of Boba, but you never watch the sequels again. They just never happened. I like The Force Awakens. Yeah, yeah. Because it's a new hope. Le do, you know? Yeah. Like, I, yeah. <laughs> There's nothing I mean, original happening there. No, no, not at all. It's like putting on that old sweater that you love so much, and then you remember why you loved it. Yeah, no, it was it was how they needed to start the new trilogy. They just yeah. needed to actually go somewhere. The, the, you know? the first one is a problematic film with plot holes the size of the, you know. Ah, plot holes are overrated. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. The first one executes what it needs to do. It it triggers the the feels around the thing and then, uh, you know, gives you a reason to keep watching. And then Last Jedi happened, which is a, a, a troubled paradise of a movie. And then the last one happened. And that's that's the sour taste that we all have in our mouths. So we're just not going to talk about that. You know, like looking back on it, uh, the last Jedi. Executed without a plan, man. 
the the last Jedi, there were reasons to be worried. Uh, looking back on it now, <laughs> about the last Jedi, like the last Jedi was. First off, like it's arguably not a great film because like half of the story is stupid. Like the Ray stuff is is real good, but the other half of the movie is just kind of like what? Yeah, no, it's, it's <laughs> it, it, what it needed was a really, really, really solid edit and somebody going like, no, we're just gonna go ahead and cut this whole subplot. It doesn't need to exist because it's pointless. You know what? You know what it was? It had the the James Bond problem because they were just trying to turn him out and they they didn't have a plan. Anyway, yeah, this, nope, is, this, is, this is boring. We, this is old, 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 old business. Right, I'm going right. to cut all this We're going to retire it. We're going to retire it. Watch Book yeah. of Boba. It's really good. You're going to like it. Okay. Or you're not, and I'll cry a little bit. That's fine. Uh, moving right along. Uh, I watched Free Guy. I have been very curious about that movie. It's enjoyable, and I walked away with it with a smile, but I also can't call it, like, life-changing. It was just a good, fun movie. Eh, it's fine. It, it's oh! Just, it's a summer. Speaking movie. of Ryan Reynolds, I forgot. I forgot. I watched a movie with the Ryan Reynolds. Which one? Uh, the Proposal, because Betty White was in it. We were having oh, the Betty White, like, rest in peace. Oh, that's yeah. good. I actually enjoyed The Proposal a lot. That's a really funny movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was surprisingly good. And I, Betty I, White is an American treasure, and yeah. God, I miss her already. I, I do, too. I do, too. Rest in peace, Betty. Yeah. Yeah. Time for that Golden Girls Marathon. Thank we you should, for being a friend. We should, you know what? We should watch some Golden Girls online together. <laughs> I mean, travel around the world and back again. I, I was watching some clips on Netflix, and I got—I can say, like, it's funny. Confidant. How Golden do I know Girls that song? Funny. Holy crap! I could sing that entire theme song. How do I know that Dude, song? Why is it that I know the vast majority of <laughs> '80s sitcom and um, you know evening show? Yeah, it's themes true. like I, we, we all sat around the TV. They they they're lodged in our heads forever. Yeah. Why is it yeah. that I can sit here and go na 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 I don't know what you're saying. You're na 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 what what is it? What is the song? I'm not hearing it because your it, your I delivery is terrible. I, 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 it's, it's not my strength. I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you in the phone. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Um. Uh, so that's three of mine. So your turn. Dracula Netflix 2020. Talk to me. Oh God. Yeah. Oh, like, oh God. Like oh God. Yes or oh no. God. No. 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 So speaking of of things that flail and fall apart in the third act. Oh my God. Okay. So, uh, Stephen Moffat and his buddy who, uh, wrote Sherlock, which, which is telling you where, how that like Dracula is like the condensed version of how that, that TV show Sherlock that they did went, you know, where like the first episode or two was actually kind of all right. And then, and then the tail end of it, you're like, Oh, Oh my, Oh, (laughs) Oh, Oh, Oh oh, oh, no, no, don't do that. And it, and yeah. Same with his run on Doctor Who, come to think of it. But yeah, it's it's a retelling of Dracula, and they changed some of the rules up and blah, blah, blah. And I don't really care about that. Um, they gender flip Van Helsing. Van Helsing becomes like a battle nun, which I appreciate. I like a battle nun. Battle I mean, who doesn't fun. like a battle nun? Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the lady, and that's the, the real irritating part about it, is the casting in that is amazing. Like, the dude they got to play Dracula was real good. 
Um, the the lady who played Van Helsing was also real, real good. And they're they're kind of the main duo uh, in the, in the whole thing. But the the other casting, uh, Jonathan Harker was was really good. And uh, I can't think of any of the other actual main characters. Oh oh oh, Mark Gaddis, uh, the uh, guy who co-wrote it, he plays Renfield. He was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah yeah. But basically, do do you, do you care? It's been over a year. It came out in uh, I mean, like, do I need to watch it? No. Okay, so spoiler alert. <clears throat> so it doesn't follow Dracula at all. Uh, they give Dracula the superpower to basically consume knowledge when he consumes people's blood. So uh, that's how he learns English. He, like, eats Jonathan. And as he eats Jonathan, uh, he gains his mastery of the English language and English as law. As one does. As one yeah. does. This is, and, yeah, yeah which I, I didn't like that because I thought it took away from Dracula being, like, a smart villain, but whatever. Um, and then the other thing they changed was when Dracula churns people into undead, they're more akin to zombies than they are to like vampires. Like, Oh, if a, that's not necessary. Yeah. 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 If, if, if a zombie eats enough people, it, they'll kind of switch to vampire mode, but otherwise they're just kind of shambling undead and rotting. And it's, <laughs> this it's sounds like bad. a mighty morphic power ranger switch uh, to vampire mode. Go. Yeah. Go, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. But then um, the the what a twist is um, the entirety of the second episode takes place on the, the Demeter, Demeter, whatever you want to call it. And at the end of it, Dracula, they, they blow up the ship because they know Dracula's on it uh, right before they land in Whitby. And Dracula, right before that happens, hops in his coffin and his coffin sinks. And then uh, it cuts to the beach at Whitby and Dracula comes stumbling up out of the water. And then a whole bunch of police cars pull up and a helicopter flies overhead and puts a spotlight on him. And then this lady appears and says, ah, Dracula, we've been waiting for you. And it's, you know, 120 odd years have passed. And, and the last part of it takes place in the modern day. That could have been a good idea, but it, it just, uh, it's so bad. It's now so I kind of want to watch it. Uh, well, no, no, it's bad because so they take him to the the Harker like institution or something and they're going to study him. But they give him an iPad to read books off of. And, uh, and then he gets on the internet because the Wi-Fi password is his name and he contacts a lawyer, which is Renfield. And then Renfield gets him out of basically cause he's being unlawfully prisoned and vampire is not a legally, a legal status. So they try and rendition him and, and he makes it out. Yeah. Yeah. They try to, they try to keep him there, but yeah, his lawyer gets him out and then he starts eating people in London and then, yeah, it, it, that's just bad. It's so bad. <laughs> like the I mean, it just, sounds terrible, but uh, that's kind it, of only making me want to watch it more. It it's <clears throat> the first two episodes were really good, and the third episode just just completely just <laughs> it just unraveled. And it and the what a twist was good. I was down with the what a twist. I don't care about moving it to the modern day. It's just it, like the whole him getting out of jail because he gets his lawyer to lawyer him out was like really <laughs> like they just let that happen. It's like yes, that hey. sounds like a Mel Brooks plot. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Huh, but you discounted my lawyer. <laughs> uh, moving right along, I finished up The Witcher Season 2, had a great time with it. Um, it tells a linear story, so high fives all around. Yeah, yeah, it's good. I liked it. Uh, some really good special effects in that season, too. Mm-hmm. Man, much better than that first season. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, Ooh. not wrong. Uh, and you know, what, uh, it, you know what I was really disappointed in, though, <laughs> about that season? Like, the, I looked back on it, and I'm like, damn, you know what I really, really miss in Witcher Season 2? Was that? Henry Cavill going, mm, mm. And, yeah, there was, there was <laughs> n- not a lot of huns and not a lot of f- in that. It was, it was very upsetting. Am I wrong? 
No, wrong. no, no. It did it, one thousand percent less. Yeah, and and not as many. Mm, like mm. Yeah, I missed it. Fuck. Mm. All right, Jonathan. So I watched Archive eighty one on the Netflix. And uh, it's pretty cool because uh, it's based on a podcast and the guys, I've not confirmed this. I just read this on Reddit. So take that for what you will. But Reddit at least claims that the guys who made the original podcast have admitted to playing Delta Green. It really feels like they played the night floors back in like 99 when it came out. And uh, and then kind of based the podcast on their vague recollection of... uh, of how that adventure went because <laughs> it definitely goes off on its own tangent but the setup's very very similar it it takes it takes place in 1994 okay it's about multimedia that has otherworldly stuff on it that can drive you mad and the main character is a girl that goes to a weird apartment building in new york and there's a lot of very strange residents there who may or may not be part of a cult i mean that does sound awfully familiar yeah, and it gets a little timey-wimey, and yeah, but it, it's it's a really good show. It's like eight episodes. They're about an hour each. It's a very, very slow burn. It's just very kind of creepy and unsettling. Um, but yeah, no, I'd recommend it. RK81 on Netflix. Go watch it. All right. I'm listening to the podcast right now. The podcast is not as good, but the, the show, it works better because, I don't know, they got a second crack at it. It's always better when you have a second crack, I guess. All right. And then I'll, uh, I'll round me out. Uh, I Star Trek Prodigy finished up its first season, and it was amazing. And yeah, I've I need to, I need to watch show. it. Don't don't ruin it for me. I'll I promise I'll finish Discovery too. I I I, I want to say this. I was I was not sold on that show on the first couple of episodes, and by episode ten, like I, the, the, it's one of the best Star Trek shows I've watched in a while. Okay, now that's saying something. I'm really excited about Picard season two. Yes, me too. Mostly me because too. Picard continues the trend of recent television shows that make me cry. <laughs> Oh man, him and Data at the end. Oh my god. Oh yeah, yeah. That uh, that that. There's so many moments in that Picard show that that were like, "Come on, you're yeah. doing it on purpose." And then and then uh, and then Patrick Stewart had a silly French accent and an eye patch and pretended he was a space pirate that one episode. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? He looked like he was having a damn good time, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> I think that was Picard just, like, enjoying retirement. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. All right, finish yourself up. Yeah, I sat down and watched Blade with uh, Chloe. Uh, You know, we're we're continuing our exploration into mildly rated R movies. And she loves vampires. So I said, well, you know, let me show you a vampire movie that doesn't suck. And so we uh, tossed the... The old Blade disc in, and I introduced her to the movie that uh, defined every single comic book movie that you've come to know and love in the last 25 years, and it did it 25 years before anybody else. Like, the Blade, I still stand by. We would have none of what we have now were it not for Blade. Blade was on a unique path before anybody else. It blazed the trail, and now we have the amazing comic book movies that we do. Like... That movie holds up incredibly well, I might add. I tried to get Eamon to watch it, and uh, she was not that interested. But we did make it through Constantine, so. She wasn't interested in Blade? Mm-mm. Didn't do anything for her. We got wow. to the scene with the, 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 really, the really rotund vampire that they burned with a flashlight. Pearl? Yeah, whatever. And th- she was just kind of done with it at that point. She's like, yeah, I'm bored now. I'm like, you're bored here? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Dude, Pearl Pearl's an awesome character. Didn't do anything for her. She really liked Constantine, though. She was having a good time. Uh, she, I, I need to watch Constantine with Chloe. I think that'll be next. That's a really good me, one. 
Yeah, it's R, but it's not a very. It, it got R because the demons are kind of gross, not because of. Uh, and and, and there's suicide. Uh, that that's a, almost like an auto R. Yeah, the subject matter's a little heavy, but they were they were trying to get a PG thirteen, like the the effects and the level of gore and all that was. Yeah, but it's creepy as all get out. Like oh, that no, movie is genuinely creepy. I, I think it's because my my kid's really into demons. Like she's watching this show called the uh, Demon Slayer. Which oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Chloe likes that one too. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's the hotness right now with the kids, and it's. Uh, have you watched that show? By the way, I've watched a lot of it. I haven't talked about it in the podcast because I, 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 I'm going to rag on it if I watch it and positive podcast. I, you know, let, let let the kids have their fun. I don't get it. I don't get what their attraction to it is. Like, legitimately, I I, I sat there and, and you know, I, I I like me some anime. I have no problem with anime. It just, I don't get it. Have I gotten to that point? Am I too old? Yeah, God, maybe. Robert, am I too old? Yeah, yeah, you are. You know what? It's my daughter's at this really weird point in her life right now where she's watching a lot of uh, multimedia at the moment and she's watching the tropiest, like been there, done that, like low hanging fruit stuff. And she's like, this story is amazing. And I'm like, what the f- are you smoking woman? Like really this? But it's like, you know, I realized like she's just never seen it before or yeah. 50 times, you know? And for her, it's I like, mean, Hey man, we watched manimal. All right. Like I get it. Well, <laughs> and I, I yeah. say that I say that unironically. Uh, you know, I think when you're a kid and you're just starting to discover things like oh, plot devices, um, I, I think it, it leaves more of an impact. You know? No, I agree. I agree. It's just it's a really weird process to see her kind of wa- starting her journey down. You know, media stories and whatnot, and you know, thing like like she's like, how do you guess these plots? And I'm like, because it's been done 50,000 times. Yeah. Like this is, this is boring. And, and uh, it's really neat. It's, I, I know it's kind of, it's kind of interesting, like just watching her nascent viewership form. And, and I, I don't know, I'm having a good time with it. That's actually why I like Demon Slayer. Cause the, the, the more she loves it and the more she, she thinks the stuff that's like, I've seen 50 billion times before uh, she gets impressed <laughs> with it. Like, I, I, I don't know. I'm like looking at it with fresh eyes, I guess. And I love it when the main character cries. Like, like if you took a shot every time that main character cried, you well, you'd take two or three shots, but it'd still be fun. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a Star Trek Discovery episode. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I went. You know there what? Again. You know what? You know what? There were at least three episodes, uh, or two or three episodes this season that were not Discovery episodes because people ran, but nobody cried. It was weird. <laughs> You know, the funniest thing about that whole thing is just like that's super J.J. Abrams. That's like the whole alias thing all over again. I never watched alias. Look, at the time, it was unique and interesting and new. It's not those things anymore. And no, no, a no. lot of things have done it a whole lot better. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I watched the pilot with uh, with the kid one night. And I, I don't think we'll keep watching it, but it was it was interesting. It was interesting. Anyway, let's wrap this up. We've been recording forever. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's it for movies and TV. All right. Do board games quick and then we're out. I have nothing. Board games. Nothing really new. Uh, A lot of old stuff. Um, the kids are really into Marvel United, so we routinely are getting it out and we continue to play it. Now I'm really excited about my X-Men Kickstarter. I'm really glad that I decided to back that because we're getting mileage out of Marvel United. Hmm. Nice. Dune Imperium, uh, hit the table again because the new expansion came out. The rise of Ix. I have yeah, my Ray's copy. Yeah, Ray's trying to get on. 
Ray's trying to get an online yes. game going on the yes. TTS. And we're gonna we're gonna teach. We're gonna teach because it is fantastic. I think Dune Imperium is quickly becoming one of my favorite games. So gentle listener, if you want to be in on that, maybe you should pipe up in the Discord and just saying. Yeah. Yeah, get in on it. We'll teach you Dune Imperium. We'll have a good time. High fives all around. And then um I played King of Tokyo with Lincoln and Sophia, my nine year olds, and Amelia sat down and played it with us. Hmm. And she was just having the best time rolling the dice, and damn if she didn't end up winning. <laughs> that's because nobody wants to pick on the three-year-old. No, that's because that kid has the luck of all time with dice rolls. Like, she was she was nailing, like, threes after threes after threes. Like, I want to take the kid to Vegas. It was like Rain Man with dice rolls. Nice. Yeah, it was crazy, man. All right, well, that brings us to the end of our off-the-shelf segment, which means it is, of course, break time. A little overdue for us. I I know it's not going to be this way in the final podcast, but, man, we've been going. We've been going a minute. Mm -hmm. 69 minutes. (laughs) 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 Nice. Nice. (laughs) I didn't even realize it. I just glanced up, and there it was. All right, so we will be back after a short break, and when we return, it'll be time for our wisdom of crowds. We'll see you in a moment. We love getting feedback, so please let us know how we're doing by one of the following. You can become our patron over at Patreon. Search for Forgot My Dice. We also have a Discord page where we organize games and chat about all sorts of stuff. Find the link on our website, ForgotMyDice.com. You can also message us or tweet at us on the Twitters. Find us at Forgot My Dice. And of course, you can email us at fmdpodcast2016 at gmail.com. Or you can head on over to our website, ForgotMyDice.com, where all of our episodes are available, plus game reviews and other content. If you like the show, the best way for more people to find out about us is to give us a review on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher. Last of you, for those of you listening in the village, call the operator, give your number, and ask for us to be put on the rotation. Robert, this, this needs to stop. Listen, I'll, I'll make you a deal. I will not make any deals with you. I will not be pushed, filed, stamped, indexed, briefed, debriefed, or numbered. My life is my own. Oh, God, I'm going to cut his cord. And welcome back to the Wisdom of Crowd segment. This is, of course, our bi-weekly tabletop news segment where we talk about all the wonderful things that are happening in the tabletop industry. And it's kind of neat because we actually have some news this week. I know. Imagine that. Which is not something that we can say every week lately. No. Thanks, holidays. Well, it's been a month and I there's still not a ton. <laughs> no, not really. But it's enough for this episode. So let's kick it off with WizKids. They've got a new game coming out. It's called Free Radicals, designed by Nathan Wall. This is actually Nathan Wall's first design. And it is an asymmetrical Euro strategy game. And there's actually 10 different factions, all of which play completely different from each other in the box, kind of like Root. Um, And it takes place, it's kind of like cyberpunk uh, sci-fi, and you are playing as the inhabitants of Sphere City uh, as one of the factions that that is in this, uh, you know, science fiction dystopian universe. And yeah. It looks interesting. I'm I'm excited about it. You can actually see it on the website, and it is due to be in stores in February of this year. Now is what I would say. Check your FLGS. Check your FLGS. Uh, the book that was part of the gift set that didn't come out in time for Christmas that Wizards released has a release date for a standalone. Mordecai's Tome of Foes comes out May 17th of this year. 
Wow. I, I imagine that a lot of that is probably just shipping. I, I have no idea. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I do want to throw in here. I know it's a positive podcast, but the cynic in me would point out that when uh, 3.5 came out, uh, Wizard spent the next two years reprinting a ton of stuff to 3.5. And uh, yeah, Mordekane's Tome of Foes is just kind of a best of Mordekane's uh, Monsters of the Multiverse and Volo's Guide to Monsters or whatever those two books were just kind of condensed into one thing. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that book yet. Well, um, Funko Games is doing another licensed property. I know you're surprised when I say that. But this one... So surprised. This one has me interested. In 2022, we have the 40th anniversary of a beloved film from our childhood, Robert. Do you know what that is? No. There's a bicycle and somebody's got a phone home. Pee-wee's Big Adventure? There's no phoning home in Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Who phones home? Robert. He, he, call, he, he calls from the Alamo. Who phones home, Robert? The stars at night are big and bright. Deep in the heart of Texas. I There's don't know home. how else to set up an E.T. reference. <laughs> <laughs> you really fucked me on this, Robert. <laughs> I had to make you work for it, and you failed, Jonathan. Oh. You you, we could have mined some comedy gold out of me being stupid, but no, you just had to call me on it. I knew it was E.T., <laughs> I wasn't going to give it to you. I wasn't going to let you have it. You had to work for it, and you failed. Well, it is the 40th anniversary of the beloved film, E.T., the extraterrestrial, and we are now getting a board game, the Light Years from Home board game, from the wonderful people over at Funko. They are going to have us take the roles of Elliot, Gertie, Mike, and Greg as they are cruising around town on their bikes, as they do, trying to avoid the federal agents... Which still, that scene with the guy with the, the keys still creeps me out to this day. Not going to lie. Um, and they're trying to build a communication device so that E.T. can, in fact, phone home. Hmm. So, we're going to get miniatures on bikes with baskets. And that makes me want to buy it just so that I have minis for when I play kids on bikes. Uh, Gen Con announced, uh, although I think it's over by now because this was something I had for last episode. But Gen Con has announced that you can get your pronouns of your choice put onto your badge if you signed up by, oh, the deadline is June 11th, so it has not passed. That's nice. There you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah. You know, but yeah. It's such an easy, easy way to push inclusivity. Um, like, really, there's no excuse for anybody to not do it at this point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a printer card. Like, do the right thing with it. A- apparently, it's a bubble, so you, you've got six choices. You can leave it blank. You can leave, set it to ask me my pronouns. You can do he, him, she, her, they, them, he, she, they. And over on N-World, uh, you, cannot, uh, you cannot put comments on that article because, quote, article is not open for replies because obviously, end quote. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah. Just heading off that internet at the pass. <laughs> Whoa, what and my that? daughter, that was my daughter screaming at a game. Oh, that's fair. You know, it's funny. You know, it's funny. Sidetrack. Because uh, my daughter watches a lot of people play video games on the internet and like commentating. Like that's how she thinks you play video games. So she just commentates herself while she's playing video games. It's really weird. Oh my God. My kids do that too. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. It's it's a thing. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Well, hey. Go on. You're next. uh, We're getting another Undaunted game. 
you know how much you and I both enjoyed Undaunted, and we talked about it a lot, and there's the expansion, and then there's the North Africa campaign, and now we are getting Undaunted Stalingrad. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same team that did the uh, original game, uh, Trevor Benjamin and David Thompson. Uh, artwork is also from the original artist, Roland McDonald, and it looks fabulous and wonderful and introduces a bunch of new units, and I, I couldn't be more stoked. I think Undaunted is one of the best tactical games to come out in the last five years, and it's, it's, it's something special. So the more Undaunted we get, the better. And our last story, Wizards of the Coast has a new president, Cynthia Williams. Over at Microsoft, Williams was the general manager and vice president of the gaming ecosystem commercial team and was heavily involved in Xbox growth. She's going to be taking over for the guy who used to run Wizards of the Coast, who became president of the company of Hasbro as a whole. Because yeah, I, I read about this. Um, she is doing like the whole digital gaming division subsidiary of, of Watsi. Yeah, well, I, that that part's just all part of Watsi. So she'll also be in charge of D and D and Magic and whatnot. So, but yeah, they're really pushing the Watsi half of it. They they opened up like a game studio or two in Austin. So yeah, that'll be interesting. <laughs> Hey, wizards. <laughs> no more broken alliances. Mm, yeah. No comment. That stings a little. Stings, ba- stings. Oh, oh, you haven't tried Baldur's Gate 3 yet. My friend can't stop complaining about that game. No, he, I have not. He, and I hear nothing good, so I have been avoiding it. Yeah. Well, guess what, gang? That's the end of our news, which means it's something very exciting for us, something we haven't done in a while. We've had to pump the brakes on Mr. King. Because it's finally, finally time, years later, for part 30 in our No Time to Bond series, where we are watching all of the 007 movies in order of their release, and we are now at the end of our road. Finally, it was, it just kept getting delayed. And it wasn't its fault. Mm-hmm. It was not because delayed because of quality, it was delayed because of the Rona. No Time to Die is finally out. And you and I both watched it, directed by um, Kerry Fukunaga, which you will know from um, season one of True Detective. And uh, yeah, let's chat. Let's chat. Let's chat. <clears throat> made for a budget of 250 to 300 million. It made $774.2 million, which That's during COVID really time, impressive for the Rona, man. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and it was released on September 28th, 2021. Okay, Jonathan, I, I, I'm going to give you my elevator, my, my one-sentence pi- thing. This was probably the most frustrating Bond movie I've watched in a really, really long time. All like, right, let, let, me, let me be the first to say... Oh, by the way, way spoiler alert, because, yeah, we're going, we're going to go down the yeah. hole in this one. Yeah, definitely. But let me just be the first to start this conversation out by saying they did Bond right. And they wished Bond Agreed. goodbye in the best way possible. Agreed. Which okay. is not to say that the rest of the movie didn't have issues. Okay. Yeah, that's they, my problem with they it. They did Bond so, right. And I think so, we really need to start there because positive podcast. Had they screwed that up, we'd be in a, in a really bad place. Yeah. No, the Bond half of the story is probably some of the best Bond maybe we've seen oh, ever. It, it has callbacks to all... 29 previous movies or whatever there are. It, it has callbacks to 20, everything 20, in the Craig 24. era. It has callbacks all the way, all the way back to Connery. Like it's just this constant. Oddly, there's a lot of George Lazenby in this movie. Right? Right? <laughs> like a ton. 
Like yeah. a ton. Like they they played a uh, 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 all the time the in the world. If, if they, uh, the music yeah, no. from it. Yeah, no, they played it during the end credits. Yeah. Like that's the end credits song. No, it's in the it's so. in the original score too. Yeah, yeah. It highlights their relationship. Yeah, no, no, no. Don't get me wrong. The Bond half is great. Bond is far from a spectator because the last movie that had had that problem really bad. Bond's not a spectator in his own film. He's he's no, he's largely very much charge. the protagonist. He's he yeah. is one hundred percent in control of his destiny from start to finish. This is another yeah. Skyfall where he's putting it together and he's taking. He's taking ownership of what's happening around him. And and he hangs out with uh, Monty Penny and the new 007 and Q. And all of them are very competent. They don't do the thing where they're all idiots and he's the, the smartest guy in the room. Because, again, if if all of the people you're hanging out are stupid, it doesn't make you that much smarter than them if you're smarter than them. But all of them are really good at what they do. And so he's them respecting Bond is like, oh, Bond's pretty good at what he does then because he obviously these people who know what they're doing like him. So that was real good. Um, yeah, no, everything on the Bond end of it was real, real good. Yeah. And then we get to the villain, and the villain is the big problem. And, and, and Rami Malek is criminally misused in this movie. It's uh, so underutilized. Bad. Like, yes. he's so good. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not saying his acting's bad. Like, no, yeah, no, no, not, no, not no, no. He's underutilized because he's so damn good in the role, but they don't utilize him like they don't use him it's like they forgot that bond really works the best when he has a a, you know a constant a a constant sparring with the villain and he did that okay what's weird about this movie is he essentially achieves what he wants uh by the middle of the second act yeah and then he (laughs) and then he kind of gets lost yeah and and like like yeah he he achieves his mission in the middle of the second act and uh, and then and then after that, he turns into like the most cliched and stupid Bond villain ever, because his his plan after he he does what he wants is like, oh, I guess I'll hold the world hostage and get a bunch of money, question mark. Like like that's and, and, and it, like they never really say what his plan is. He's just like, I've got the super MacGuffin. I'm going to use it maybe like, like at, at the end of the day, like that question of what happens when the villain wins, what do they do next? That's an interesting question to ask. Yeah, and they didn't go there at all. No, and the problem is that you can't ask that in the closing act of an era. That is a question that you ask in the middle of the era. Maybe, maybe. I I don't know, but, oh, God. So his name's uh, Lustiver Stoffen, Stoffen, and his story is Mr. White, uh, the bad guy from the very, very first movie, uh, who's uh, uh, Madeline's dad, killed his family and so he decides to go kill mr white but he finds madeline and her mom and he kills the mom and then he's gonna kill madeline and she falls through the ice and he saves her instead he saves her because one he sees himself in her and that's that's an important thing that's an important aspect of his characterization that it's cool the setup is freaking fabulous yeah again again it doesn't fall apart for him until the middle of the second act when he wins (laughs) um the the problem with him is one I don't know how old Madeline's supposed to be in that intro sequence. I'm guessing she looks tweenish to me. So like 12 at the highest would be my guess, but probably closer to 10 would be my guess, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, the uh, Rami Malek and uh, Leah Soido, uh, they're four years apart. So if that's the case, Rami Malek would have been 14 or so, 14 to 16 when he went to kill her. And they did not look like that. Like Rami Malek in that case was miscast because they should have gotten somebody older um, to play the villain, which or again, just keep the friggin' mask on him and you don't show him. And then that's fine. 
Yeah, but he, Rami Malek looks young, and that's it's also a problem. Yeah. Like they well, they I needed mean, he looks again. This this is this is this is more they needed to like rework the villain plot quite a bit because yeah, like it just parts of it didn't work. Like Rami Malek <laughs> doesn't look our age, but he's our age. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm no Rami he's from Torrance. I didn't know that. The cool thing is he wins. Like in the middle of the second act, he achieves his goal. Oh my god! And then and that's that's and where then, you could have had that interesting moment. The the, the question of what. What do I do now? Yeah. Super yeah, villains aren't supposed to win. They're supposed to die trying. And he wins. You know, I was thinking about it. I was thinking about it later. There, there was Bionic Eye, the, the henchman of this movie. If Rami Malek played not that guy, but that guy like that, the, he, if he played the henchman and then there was somebody else playing uh, Stoffen and then he wins and then like uh, like Rami Malek's character is like, we were totally going to hold the world hostage with these nanites. We should do that. And keeps pushing him to do that. And then ends up like taking over the villainous organization and, and whatnot. Maybe there could have been something there, but like, uh, yeah, no, it just, it, it just completely, the villain half completely fell apart after the second act. And it was really frustrating watching it because like the bond half stuff was so good. It was so good. It, it's, it's, it's like almost criminally good. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love, I love Bond's characterization because like, uh, one of the rarest things that happens in Bond movies happens where he runs into a child. And I, I don't think that's happened since Roger Moore and Roger Moore was just kind of Roger Moore towards a child, you yeah. know, kind of a British ass. And I really like that Craig's bond was like, cause like the, the easy mode thing for him would be, he doesn't like kids and he's kind of scared of them and doesn't know how to deal with them. And bonds not like great with the kid. You know, he's not like, I, I wouldn't be like rushing to let he's, him babysit, he's but he wasn't bad. He's, 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 he's like, he's seeing a piece of himself that he lost because of his background. And again, that's another homage to the, the, the previous films in the movie, specifically five skyfall. Right. Right. And that's, that's the beauty of that moment. Like he doesn't, he doesn't know how to interact because he's simultaneously jealous. No, and, no, but and and, and but that's and, the thing. It's it's not that he doesn't know how to interact. He interacts with the kid fine. He interacts with like with the kid like somebody who's actually not bad at it. Just doesn't do it often. Yeah, like he, yeah. It's not that he's bad at it, or it's not that he's a bad person. No, or, no, no, no. Like he, but what I'm saying yeah. is like it's like he's he's tapping into a piece of himself, like a memory of his mother or father that that he clearly hasn't utilized it at any point in the past thirty years, and it shows. Yeah, I guess this is what I'm trying to say, uh, and and it's, I don't know. Like I said, the 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 aspects of Bond that are explored in the script, the way they're explored, and the performance, especially by Craig, are second to none. Like it is a masterwork in every way, shape, or form. Yeah, no, it was it was real, real good. And so, damn it, it made me freaking cry. <laughs> God, the I end of that movie just—that's just an uppercut. Just an uppercut right into the right into the field gooch. Yeah, yeah. And his last line is, "You have all the time in the world." God, that that killed me. That killed me. That killed me. <laughs> so yeah, because uh, that was that, that, that's the, the the best callback back to Lazenby because that was that was Lazenby's shining moment. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Anyway, overall for me, thumbs up. It uh, as Bond goes, it was a really good way for to end the series because it does end. But like it was really frustrating because we didn't get a good villain and the villain half was really weak. And it, it that's why it was frustrating because it could have been it could have been the best Bond movie ever. Easily. Oh, Easily. Yeah. 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 And, and that's and, saying something because Skyfall's a friggin champion. Yeah. But I, and, and and if they'd nailed the villain, this would have been the best Bond movie easily. And, and I would like, argue I would argue that 
this is a better portrayal of Bond than even Skyfall. And that's saying uh-huh. a lot because Skyfall was yeah. amazing. But Skyfall's villain fires out all cylinders. Right, right. Like, I think overall Skyfall is a better movie. It but, is the better uh, movie. But this has but, better moments. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, if they nailed the villain, this would have easily been the Like, that. that's why it's so frustrating. This would have easily been the best movie in the series, like, without an argument, if if they had nailed the villain and and kept all the cor- the Bond stuff they did right. It easily could have been that. And, I mean, am I wrong? Like, and there would have been no argument. We would have been sitting here, like, hemming and hawing, like like we do with uh, the Stephen King thing, or, like, where to put it on the tier list. It would have been just, like, top. Like, and there, there would have been no question. Yeah. But because of the villain stuff, we have to, like, talk about that. And... Yeah, it's like Skyfall, and it's a shame because Skyfall's not the better movie. Like Bond's character's way better in this one, like yeah. way better. But but yeah, the the Skyfall's the villain. complete package is the thing. Yep, 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 yep. And and it's it, and that's why it's frustrating. I and that's why this movie like kind of pissed me off because I was like, oh god, it it was so like like we've seen a lot of even a lot of Bond movies where they're they're kind of grasping at something. And in this one, it's like it's like the opposite problem. It's like they're they're hanging on with one hand on the helicopter and they can't get the other one on. And it's like, yeah. oh damn it, just grab onto the, the chopper! You have and another hand! You have another <laughs> hand! <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Been there, been there, been there. Um, all right. So if we look at just Craig films, just Craig films, let's let's stack rank them here. Uh, we've got here's the five in order. We've got Casino Royale, Quantum of Solace, Skyfall, Spectre, No Time to Die. I'm thinking um, Skyfall's the king. Agreed. I, and I hate to say it. I, I, it, it kills me to say it. Yeah. Cause yeah. And, and then no time to die is a close second for me. Very, like very close. Second. Very close. Like by a hair. And then yeah. also by a hair casino Royale, because honestly, Agreed. no time to die in Skyfall do not work without casino Royale. Right. And, and, and even quantum of solace is an important thread in this in this this fabric. So I would Quantum Solace cool. is not is not a great movie, but I really like how Bond just uh, they keep ordering him to go capture people and he can't like not kill them because yeah. he's just kind of new. And I, I I found that funny. I just thought it's like it, there's a like lot I of try, characterization I aspects in Quantum of Solace that are really really good. <clears> and and the Quantum of Solace actually I would argue that it does the most lifting of all the the movies in the series because. It lays down the foundations for all this character work that they do in Skyfall. Like, Quantum of Solace, in and of itself, is not the best Bond movie by any stretch of the imagination, but it sets up so many of the aspects that make Skyfall the number you, you one You know movie. what, though? I think I think Quantum of Solace, out of all the 25 films, would easily be in the top 10. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah With all no, of them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'm, but, but just looking at the Craig era. Just yeah. looking at the Craig. Yeah. And, and I hate yeah, to say we're it, just telling you, like, 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 honestly, Craig era, the four movies we just mentioned, th- those would, I, that might almost be the top five of, of every film. Yeah. No, like, I don't think you're wrong there. I don't think you're wrong. And, and, and not just because, you know, casual misogyny, uh, has, has left us. Yeah. But because <laughs> the, the, the previous movies were not just products of their time, but also products of a certain genre that did not necessarily believe in exploring character. Yeah, well, and even Goldfinger, which is a good film, but it has that Bob Bond problem where he's just a passenger. Like, yeah, no, absolutely. Gold, Goldfinger's running that show, and he's just kind of there. So. Um, I would, I would actually <clears throat> still go on to say that that Goldfinger um, is probably in the top three villains of Bond's all time. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, because he. But is then, in yeah. Control. But but uh, but Spectre, Spectre is is terrible. 
<laughs> Spectre's last. You know, Spectre has some really friggin' great moments, but it doesn't come together. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. I'm really glad I that they went My and made this now. movie and, and didn't let Craig end on Spectre because you know what? Craig deserved better because he is a truly modern Bond. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I'll just, I'll end our No Time to Bond segment personally just by saying, Daniel Craig, you're a gift and you gave us all an amazing revitalization of a character that, you know, in all good positive thought, they probably should have ended with Pierce Brosnan and you grabbed Bond and you made him relevant again. And, you know, bless you for that. Well done. You know what? Uh, <clears throat> oh, man. I th- God, I threw my voice out screaming. <clears throat> uh, Daniel Craig earned his spot as a national treasure when he did the Foghorn Leghorn uh, accent oh, in yeah, Knives yeah. Out. That was so, so good. good. So good. <clears throat> They're filming the sequel right now. You know, I know. Right? I'm or so soon. excited. They're doing two of them. They're filming two at once. That's good. That's good. I like it. I, I want to see his investigator again. I'll, I'll be honest it's, with you. You see, there's I... a hole like a donut. <laughs> it's got a <laughs> hole, you see. <laughs> he was amazing in that movie. Like, absolutely amazing. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, so, he, so he, it sounds like we're in agreement. It's it's Skyfall, No Time to Die, Casino Royale, Quantum Solace, and then finally Spectre. That that's that's the Craig era. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But but the funniest part is none of them work without the other movies. Yeah, but Spectre. If you just wanted to read the Wikipedia synopsis and jump yeah, to No Time to Die, okay. I wouldn't blame you. You're okay. Yeah, you're okay. <laughs> Even though there are some really good stunts in it, but yeah, you're. Not I'm not okay. saying they're not, but yeah, it's 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 that movie's a slog. It's like, oh god, why? All right, well that brings us to the end. Finally, here we are at the end of the road, and let, until of course they 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 revisit it, but uh, that'll be a, a conversation for another day. It's been fun, Mister Bond, but now it is time for us to go back to Mister King. Uh, which brings us, of course, to our year in the life segment. That is when we take our way back looking glass and we look way back at what we were doing a year ago. And this is a double dip because we missed an episode. Uh, Forgot my dice, episode 103 and 104. Uh, I want him to know that I know that he knows. And I can't long even live remember Kevin. what we were talking about. <laughs> I, don't, I, I haven't listened to him. Uh, we were talking about Wayfinders and Marvel Champions living card game. You know, um, Wayfinders has not had legs in my household, unfortunately, and I can't see myself going back to it at this point. Like, I went back and reread the rules. I was going to play some, something with a couple buddies, and I realized, uh, I don't know. If I had it all to do again, I don't even think I would have uh, featured it, unfortunately. Oh, wow. No, Harsh. it's just, it's fine. It's fine. It does nothing wrong. <coughs> it does nothing wrong. It just doesn't have legs. Speaking of last year, Jonathan, you know what we were doing last year? What's that? We we were watching Quantum of Solace. Wow! There and the Peacemaker that came up. That must be. We did really watch it a year ago. <laughs> oh my gosh, wow. that's funny. That's crazy. That's crazy. And you want to know what else we were doing? We started uh, Delta Green. Lives? We started Delta Green. Need to know that was when we started Impossible Landscapes. There you go. That was living our best lives. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Now I just oh I watched remember. I watched the Thomas Crown Affair because of a long history of nibbles. <laughs> oh man that movie is uh whew, that's a spicy mm-hmm. it was good stuff yeah no that, that movie actually holds up really well that's uh i would say that's a perfect example of of um john mctiernan just being an awesome director not an awesome human though apparently put to prison there you go 
for tax evasion. Yeah. No, no. I I thought his was uh, spying on people. Oh, 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 yeah, that's right. I was thinking Wesley Snipes. Uh, <laughs> oh, we watched Class Action Park. Good times. That's a great. Oh man, that was great. <laughs> 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 Oh my god! Wow, the last movie John McTiernan uh, directed was uh, 2003's Basic, which was not a great movie. I didn't realize. I guess he's semi-retired at this point. Yeah, shocker. Sometimes we talked about Tailspin too. Good times. Oh, All right, that's good stuff right there. That's what we did a year ago, sir. Let's play us out. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of our year in the life segment which of course means it's time for another break and when we return we are going to be diving deep into the weird and wonderful world of unmatched so we will see you in a moment do you have a tabletop board game miniature game or rpg that you're going to release for retail or do you have an upcoming tabletop kickstarter that you're about to launch we would love to interview you for a future episode of the forgot my dice podcast send us an email to fmdpodcast2016 at gmail.com to schedule an interview Welcome back from the break. It is now time for our deep dive. And today we are deep diving unmatched battle of legends in battle. There are no equals unmatched is a highly asymmetrical miniature fighting game. Did I get the right thing? Yeah, man, that's absolutely true. Uh, two to four players. Each hero is represented by a unique deck assigned to evoke their style and legend. Tactical movement and no luck combat resolution create a unique play experience that rewards expertise. But just when you've mastered one set, new heroes arrive to provide all new matchups. Combat is resolved quickly by comparing attack and defense cards. However, each card's unique effects and simple but deep timing system lead to interesting decisions each time. The game also features an updated version of the line of sight systems from Tannhauser for ranged attacks and area of effects. The game includes a double-sided board with two different battlefields, pre-washed miniatures for each hero, and custom life trackers that's brought to life with the stunning artwork of Oliver Barrett and the combined design teams of Restoration Games and Mondo Games. All right, now, it needs to be said before we dive in, and we're about to dive in, that this is actually an older game. So back in 2002... Um, Wait, Restoration Games? Rest, re- restorationized? That's not yes. the right word. An old game? No way. Yes. They went back in time and they found a uh, game called Star Wars Epic Duels. And Star Wars Epic Duels uh, was a card game that you could do battle with different Star Wars characters. And it had some really interesting core mechanics. So they took it... And they reimagined it without the Star Wars, uh, and they reimagined it into Unmatched, which takes characters from all over the place. Oh, my God. I remember Star Wars Epic Duels. I used to sell that. Yes. Well, now it's back. I never played it, but I heard good things. So the really, the really, 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 really neat part about Unmatched is you can go to the store and you'll see dozens of different Unmatched sets and you can grab any of them. You grab the one that makes you happy because that's the one that it's, you, you can play with and it, it's all just exquisitely balanced and, and can clip against any of the other sets. So you could do something like something as ridiculous as what my son and I did, which is the uh, Raptors from Jurassic Park versus Bruce Lee. And that made me happy. 
I'll have you know that the Raptors ate Bruce Lee. I'm sorry in advance, but I'm not sorry. Yeah, it looks like they've got Little Red Riding Hood and Buffy. Yeah, there's, and- there's literary characters. There's characters from movies and TV shows. Um, there's just badass characters. It's, it's amazing, the, the list of, of unmatched uh, stuff out there now. But the really amazing part is that everything that I've tried so far, and I've tried maybe four or five different characters, everything is exquisitely balanced because I think that the core engine of the game is exquisitely balanced. And that is where Unmatched really, really starts to sing. And what's awesome is it's super easy to teach, but it's it's really tough to master, especially if you're going against somebody that you've never played against before. All right, well, how does it play, Jonathan? So you do get a board, a playing board, and that board is going to kind of look a little bit different depending on which board you get. So if we were to use the Jurassic Park one as a, an example... You'll notice that the board is made up of a series of circles, and those circles are for the characters to move around in, all pretty standard so far. But the circles are all connected to each other by lines, indicating what paths you can travel on. There are limited paths that you can travel on. You have to to follow the connected routes. But what's particularly interesting is that when you look at the board, you'll notice that the circles have lots of different patterns on them. And each of those patterns is um, telling you what zone any given space belongs to. And some spaces might actually belong to two, maybe even three different zones. Um, And that really comes into play during gameplay. So you put this board down and then you put your miniatures down in the spots that where you're supposed to start. And then you play against each other and play. It's a strictly a two K or a two uh, player game. Play is very simple. You get two actions in a turn. And on your action, you can choose to maneuver, which is moving around the board. And every character is going to have a different uh, move rate, a a rate that they can move around. You're going to scheme or you're going to attack. So let's talk about the first thing, maneuvering. The first thing you do on any given turn uh, is you, you choose your first action. And if you choose maneuver, the first thing you're going to do is draw a card. This is mandatory. You have a a deck of cards. Every deck is different, and it's going to be unique to the character that you're playing as. And the characters, by the way, don't necessarily mean that it's only a single character. For instance, if you play the raptors from Jurassic Park, you actually get to play as a pack of three raptors. And that's part of the asymmetry. Sometimes you're an individual. Sometimes you're going to be a team of folks. Uh, If you choose to play Muldoon from Jurassic Park, for instance, you get little chits, and those little chits represent other in-gen workers, but they are treated differently because they're not a full character. They're just like supporting cast. Goons, got it. So uh, on on the maneuver action, you get to draw a card, which is mandatory. You have a hand limit of seven cards, so you're going to have to make sure you're, you're under seven at the end of your turn. And then you get to move your fighters, and your fighters are going to move around based on their move value, which is printed on their character card. Now, you also have the action to scheme. And when you take a scheme action, you have to have a scheme card, and that's represented by a symbol on the cards. And schemes allow you to do very specific things. For instance, with the raptors, you might choose a scheme called working things out. You move each of the raptors up to three spaces. You may move them through spaces containing opposing fighters, and you gain another action, which means that you get get a third action on your turn. When you scheme, you have to be very, very uh, upfront about which character that you are playing your scheme on and the schemes can go all over the place um they they basically are bending and breaking the rules of the game 
to make things interesting and asymmetrical. The final thing that you can do is you can attack. And when you take the attack action, you have to declare yourself um, which of your fighters is going to perform the attack. And then they do the, uh, you have to declare your target. So, for instance, you might have your raptor uh, target Muldoon specifically. And at that point, you're going to choose and reveal. So the attacker has to choose an attack card from their hand because all of the cards have multiple values on them uh, indicating different things. For instance, cards might have a like explosion icon in them, which means they're for attacking. They might have a shield icon, which means they're for defending. Or they might have both, which means they're versatile. So you're going to choose the card from your hand and you're going to put it face down in front of you. And that is the... Uh, card that your attacking fighter will be using then the defender gets to choose a card if they want to they don't have to choose a card and put that down and then you flip them both over and you compare the attack and defense of the two cards so basically whoever has the highest number is going to win but here's the thing all of the attack and defense cards have different triggers on them different uh, keywords and those keywords can cause again little breaks in the rules that allow you to get the upper hand and there's an order of operation to the way those rules are worded, which might even give the defender time to act before the attacker when normally the attacker would hit first. So once you've resolved all of the, the different you know, items on the card, both the, the value of the attack as well as any rule-breaking stuff that's going on on the card, you get an opportunity to deal damage if you've won the fight or if you've defended successfully. Um, you push the uh, opposing character away a little bit and you get to figure out, you know, if any damage was done to the character. Uh, damage is tracked on a rotating dial and when you figure out, or when you lose all of your health, you lose. That's pretty much simple. But here's where things get really interesting because all of the different characters have unique abilities. So using Muldoon and the Raptors as a specific example, Muldoon, not only has these three goons that can move around just like characters, but he also has the ability to put out traps. And you put an icon down on the on on a a slot on the board, and if any of the raptors either passes through that or gets pushed onto it, then they trigger the trap and they take damage. So that's something that's unique to Muldoon. Not everybody's going to have that available to them. The raptors you actually have three complete characters to play as with three different health dials. So they're all about, um, you know, working together to defeat one guy versus one guy being tricky and defeating a pack. And that's just the microcosm. Like all the different characters that you can play as are all unique and interesting and have their own rule sets and it's, it's their own asymmetry. But yet, because of the strength of that core engine, everything balances out so nicely in this game. So how do they uh, do explaining all this in the rule book? Rule book is really simple and really straightforward and has some really good gameplay examples. The only downsides to the rule book are um, there's a lot of art in it, which is great, but that makes it a lot of extra pages uh, and there's no index, which kind of sucks. But it, it I don't know. It's short enough that it never got in my way. OK, and here's where we get to the interesting part. You mentioned the miniatures uh, and, and the, the copy mentioned that they were all pre-washed. So I'm checking them out. The, the miniatures aren't too bad. They're not anything to write home about. This isn't Simon, but it's not. It's not bad stuff. Somebody painted them and they painted up real nice. I don't think they. I don't think they photograph well because I'm looking at the Raptors and the Raptors look fantastic. You know, I didn't look at the Raptors to be honest with you. I was looking at like King Arthur and Sinbad and stuff. 
No, I, I, I couldn't say those. I, I, I don't think I've played as King Arthur or Sinbad, but I can tell you that the Raptors came out really well. Okay. Yeah, the uh, posing yeah. is dynamic. The, the detail is appropriately good. How do you uh, tell the difference between the three Raptors? Uh, do they have a... They each have a po- unique pose. Okay, and it's just reflected in their health dial or something? Absolutely. And they're, they're okay. ultra unique. One of the Raptors is balanced up on his tail. It looks like he's, you know, it, it, they're using the tail to stand the plastic up. But really what he's doing is he's doing his little jump attack like yeah, the Raptors yeah, yeah. do. Uh, one of them is mouth closed, peeking over the shoulder, you know, like they, they do when they, they pop around to get a better look at their surroundings. Yeah. And one of them has their mouth open like he's about to eat, um, you know, Sam Jackson's face. Um, and what about the board and all the other components and the health dials and stuff? How are they? Everything is beautiful. Everything is is beautiful and, and, and constructed very nicely. The iconography on the boards is very simple and very straightforward. They do a really good job of differentiating between the, the designs on the different um, spaces. And what's particularly nice is that um, it's not just different colors. It's also different designs. So that makes it really colorblind friendly, which I really appreciate. Right on, right on. The cards themselves feature some gorgeous art. Like, one of the great things about Mondo working with Restoration is that Mondo brings their sense of graphic design, which if you've never looked at Mondo prints, you really should. They're beautiful. Yeah. Uh, and, um, yeah, that just, it brings a, it takes all these disparate characters and elements from different series, and it gives them a unifying aspect, which makes them all feel like they're in the same universe. So is there anything off in this execution, then? I got to be honest with you, no. Um, I, the only thing that I noticed was that I, I wish that the rule book had just had a, a short, single-page rules, uh, rules cheat sheet in the back. That would have been nice. But beyond that, everything, everything is great. Like, the card quality is great. The, the game quality is fantastic. The miniature quality is fantastic. And you're, you're, the best part about it is this, this game has an extremely small footprint, but you're getting a really, really deep tactical game. And what's the recommended player count? Is it two or f- is it two players? It's or four two players? players only. Okay, well that makes it easy. Moving on. Uh, so Jonathan, you have one last thing to say that you haven't said yet about the game. What is it? I mean, Unmatch is the kind of thing that you would have done, you know, as a as a, a early teens, preteen, right? Like you're sitting around with your buddies on the playground. You're sitting around at lunch at junior high, and you're like, dude, who would win, Sinbad or the Raptors? Dude, totally Sinbad, you know? He's got that big old sword. Yeah, but the Raptors, man, they got those claws. But now you get to answer that question. You, you can make these ridiculous matchups, but because of the way the game works, it totally, totally, totally balances out. Everything everything works. The amount of characterization that they've put into the, the, the way they break the rules is amazing. Like, every character feels the way they do. The Raptors feel like Raptors. Bruce Lee feels like Bruce Lee and yet they all fit into the same game and it, it totally makes it work. Like I was Bruce Lee and I hit a Raptor in the face with a nunchuck because I'm Bruce <laughs> Lee. That makes sense. Nice. Yeah. This game's great, man. This game's great. And the, the best part about it is you don't need to go all aggro and get everything. Just get the, the sets that make you happy. There's plenty of two player sets out there with two, two different uh, factions, or you can just get single factions. Like Bruce Lee is a little standalone. Yeah, I you saw Deadpool is a little standalone. Yeah, too. Deadpool's a little standalone. I know. I need to go get Deadpool. And and it, that's just a perfect example. Like, just get the ones that, that make you happy. And if you got friends that are getting different stuff, that, that makes it cool, too. Like, there's so many things that you could do. But they've done such a good job of making all the characters feel unique and interesting and, and different. 
but everything is still balanced out in the overall system. It's really well executed. Nice. Well, that is Unmatched by Restoration Games and Mondo. Buy it everywhere. There's a lot out. Yeah, there's a ton. The first out, set is King Arthur, Alice, Medusa, Alice from Alice in Wonderland, Medusa, Sinbad. That's cool. Yeah, it, it, the, the literal, the, the literary character stuff is really interesting. They've got um, a Hell's Kitchen trio where you can get uh, Electra, Daredevil, and um, what's his name? The guy with the target on his forehead. Bullseye. Deadshot, bullseye, Bullseye. Uh, so there's a bunch of Marvel stuff out. They've got Cobbles and Fog. That that's one of the interesting ones that I'm, I'm I've contemplated getting. Yeah, the Invisible Cobbles Man, Je- yeah, Jekyll and Hyde, Dracula, and Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, what a combo, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of our deep dive, which means we are at closing thoughts time. So that brings us to the end of episode 122 of the Forgot My Dice podcast. Once again, join us on all of our digital domains. We would love to hear from you. And Robert, any final thoughts? Yeah, I forgot to put it in. Uh, I watched The Green Knight because I, I, I saw A24 and I'm like, oh yeah, I watched an A24 movie. It was The Green Knight. I thought we were going to talk about it next episode. Well, I don't know. That's my only final thought. Okay, fine. Oh, okay. We'll talk We'll talk about it next episode. It was weird. It's a yeah, weird film. but it's good. Yeah, I Gina, really enjoyed it. Gina wasn't really digging it and it kind of dawned on me what it was uh, about halfway through. It's a fairy tale. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, it's strange. We'll talk about it's it more next time. But very yeah. adult fairy tale. Well, the original fairy tales were really messed up. Yeah, no joke. <laughs> that, is, that is the understatement of the century. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, oh. the tale of the Green Knight has been done to death by everyone. It's a, it's an old epic poem, and J.R. Tolkien had a crack at it, too. So, you know, dealer's choice on if you want to read the original. Well, that means that we're at the end of the episode, Robert, which means there's only one last thing to do, and that is to be excellent to one another and party on, Robert party on Jonathan the music you heard in this podcast was intro by Elifiel funding for the Forgot My Dice podcast was provided by our supporters on Patreon thank you 